You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Friday. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com, coming up in 60 seconds. I'm on Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You can subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, and basically what we do here. Locked on Bengals is give you a daily Bengals podcast with the latest news, insight, information, with all of the expert analysis you could ask for in one spot here and LockedOnBengals.com. In fact, right now on LockedOnBengals.com, there's a ton, including my guy Solomon Tentman, former University of Cincinnati Bearcat football player, now a football coach and analyst for LockedOnBengals.com. He's doing these prospect spotlights. He's done one on Mike McGlinchey of Notre Dame, a tackle, left tackle. Could the Bengals consider him with the 12th pick? He did one on Orlando Brown yesterday, tackle from Oklahoma. Check those out, LockedOnBengals.com. Also, insight on who the Bengals should or shouldn't re-sign from my guy Andre Edwards. Why... Joel Chandler hates the Bengals and so much more. New writers are getting acclimated at Locked On Bengals, and there's a ton of of uh, content there for you at LockedOnBengals.com. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for tuning in today. By the way, before we get to Jim Olsarski of the Enquirer, I just wanted to let you know, Locked On Reds, I tweeted it out this morning. It's coming. We're getting real close. So buckle up and uh, get ready for that. But with that being said, let's get into... Jim Osarski here because it's interesting. There's a lot here, and uh, I, I caught up with Jim Osarski and I asked him about a bunch of different stuff. But I started because Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday broke the bank, right? He broke the bank, 137 and a half million dollars. Joel Corey was on yesterday's podcast, former sports agent, now with CBS Sports. If you missed that one, go back and listen to that one after you're finished with this one, and. I caught up with Jim because he tweeted about it. I tweeted about it and did some uh, some of this th- this topic on ESPN fifteen thirty. And it's pretty simple: if Andy Dalton's making sixteen million, and Kirk Cousins, who's a comparable player, is making twenty nine million, then the Bengals are getting a deal. You might not like Andy Dalton a lot, but he's a deal, right? He's a, a, making adequate money, sure, in the grand scheme of things. But $16 million, is is Kirk Cousins $13 million better? Is Jimmy Garoppolo $11.5 million better? He started seven games. We don't even know. So the Bengals are getting a steal, a deal, and whatever else, a bargain, whatever else you want to use to describe it with Andy Dalton, at least contractually. So where's that money going? Shouldn't that go to the offensive line? I, I started by asking Jim about that, about the bargain that Andy Dalton has become. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, going now into the 2018 season, uh, currently, as of today, so you mentioned Kirk Cousins, who's a free agent, Drew Brees is a free agent. You know, Andy Dalton's the 18th highest paid starting quarterback in the league. Um, so he'll be 20th once Brees and Cousins get their deals. He might be 23rd if Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston uh, sign contract extension. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, it, it means that, look, in this NFL, if you're paying your quarterback, you know, a quarter of your cap space or 20% of your cap, that hamstrings you obviously in other areas. Um, some guys deserve that. Aaron Rodgers, he deserves that because he can make, you know, seven, 
undrafted free agents look fantastic. Uh, but in the case of the Bengals, um, when your quarterback is that lowly paid, if you will, not $16 million is, or $17 million is, is a good chunk of change. But I mean, in the context of your team, it just shows you the value. Look, you, you've got a, a three-time pro bowler who is, is largely above average. I know we debate that, but it, it, that allows you to pay other guys. And I think the Bengals, James, need to use this window here, this 18-19, when Andy Dalton is still on that, that second deal to, to bolster the group around him. That, that's on the front office and the coaching staff to make that work. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, no matter how you feel about Andy Dalton, it, it doesn't like it doesn't matter how I feel because it it matters how Mike Brown feels. We saw that with with the Marvin Lewis thing. So Andy's going to be here if you're getting him for a bargain, so to speak. When you look at that position versus the the, the rest of the league, it makes sense to me. One, if you believe in him, to build around him now, which would mean instead of because you're going to get we're all going to get a bunch of draft questions about the 12th pick and how they should use it on use it on an offensive lineman. But to me, why not take some of that money you're saving from Andy Dalton and the value you're getting and apply that to the offensive line and get a veteran free agent in here this offseason? It's a good question. Um, you know, and, and we've, we've written that at Cincinnati.com a couple of weeks ago when Marvin came out and, and sort of pushing for Russell Bodine to be re-signed as a center. The the one issue there, James, and first of all, I don't disagree with you. I mean, we we feel look, you you've got to look at this free agent class, which isn't very good, but maybe pay for the best of it, whatever that may be, whoever that may be. Because it's an um, right, <laughs> right. I mean, it's hard it's hard not to say to, to to say that. I you know, I mean, this this offensive line has not been good for two years, um, and yes, that includes. 16 with Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler. So um, you're right. It, that, but it, I guess, James, for me, it would be who are you allocating those funds to? Because we have seen this team for the last couple off seasons make some what you would call maybe mid-level unrestricted free agent moves. Mm-hmm. But where has the impact been? Right. Sure. So as we've talked about this before, it's it's not necessarily who, you, how you spend the money or how much. It's finding that right guy, right? And is that right guy out there? I guess that's up to Frank Pollock, new offensive line coach, Bill Lazor, first year as, as full time OC, and obviously Duke Tobin in the front office. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati dot com, joining us, and I'm looking at a piece you and uh, you and Paul did, and the personnel moves for the the Bengals and what they should do in 2018. Let's start with the A.J. McCarron thing, where we are officially seven days away from figuring out A.J. McCarron's status. Do you have any idea, one way or the other, where this would go? It seems kind of like an unprecedented thing that they're dealing with. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't. Um, and while I wish uh, I could just say that, uh, that that's the, the easy way out of this, I, honestly, James, I've, I've talked to people who, who are around this, who know of it, um, people who are obviously very interested observers around the league, no one knows. No one knows because it's, it's this independent arbitrator. It has no one, nothing to do with the league or the NFLPA, um, and that is a wild card. You are correct about the unprecedented nature of it. Since the new CBA in 2011, um, this isn't a real thing that happens or has happened. I mean, it, the, the 
closest example might be going currently in Minnesota if, if the Vikings try to toll Teddy Bridgewater's contract and there's and you know whether there's an accrued season fight there about you know Teddy's knee injury from a couple years ago. So yeah, I, I think I think the fact that this hasn't really happened hasn't come up. James makes everyone wondering how this will rule. And, and honestly, you know, with the Cousins, you know, being a free agent, um, the, the trade for Alex Smith, if that goes through in March. Uh, I guess we have to say if because Josh McDaniels proved nothing's done until it's done. Yeah, um, McCarron's the next domino to fall because obviously free agency doesn't open until you know the beginning of March. Yeah, it, it is, and I just think odds are most likely scenario if they did, and if he did end up restricted, I think the Bengals would put a first round tender on him. Am I crazy there? And, and if they do that, I think the most likely destination for AJ McCarron is right here next year in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I think if uh, look if it's a first round tender, uh, I, I do believe he would stay in Cincinnati just because I think what people need to know what that means is uh, let's just say the Browns, right? If the Browns were to come to the Bengals and say yes, AJ McCarron first round tender, well, that means the Bengals get the number one overall pick. Uh, it, it the tender means that team's original pick, not something they got later in a trade. So. Um, I, so the first rounder, I, I could see them toying with that idea, James, but, but, uh, second round, at least to me is more realistic because that, that brings some other teams into the mix. Um, and also there's always that option of, of matching, but then trading with that club. So I, I think second rounder might be a little more palatable if you're looking to, to actually move him and get better value for him than just losing him to a third round comp you know, a year down the line or hoping something happens at the trade market, which, which you know, a, a year, another year goes by. Who's to say what could happen there? Do, do you think that that's something they would do? I, I just, I think the Bengals value A.J. McCarron, and I, I could see it now that they've said for years how they, they value him as the backup and Nick Foles, what he did in Philadelphia. Right. I mean, I mean, it's clear backups matter. No, you're right. Backups matter. And look, AJ McCarron, first round tender. We just mentioned Andy Dalton. Say that they could have three quarterbacks on the roster, two of which have won NFL games for less money than Jimmy Garoppolo is getting paid. Mm-hmm. You know, for seven games that he started his career. So financially, it's a good. It, it matches. There's no issue there. Um, you're right. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Is is if he's restricted. It's examining the market. They won't have to put an actual tender on him until March. So you get that whole, you get the whole combine area where the, the wink nod, no tampering, tam- you know, whatever you want to call that <laughs> discussion is. Yeah. They have a much better idea. I, I, I don't know. There's a part of me, James, that thinks you got to get something at some point. Um, I, but I do get, I do understand, look, this team wants to win a Super Bowl. Bengals fans might snicker at that idea, but hey, the, the, the owner and the, the coach in his reintroductory press conference talked about winning a championship. So if that's the case, A.J. McCarron's a guy who, if Andy Dalton gets hurt, you know can win the games. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com, is our guest. One of the, the things you, you also wrote about was picking up Adam Jones's option. And a lot of people know Adam Jones, the good, the bad that comes with him. I look at the contract, and I would at least initially say no. Why would you bring back Adam? Yeah, and this is, I guess, something obviously to be debated again in-house. The reason we went with that 
was strictly due to the fact that uh, if you looked at just this past year, no Bengals corner was healthy for the entire season. Obviously, we know Adam Jones only played nine games, six of which he played with a broken back. Drake Kirkpatrick did not play the entire season. William Jackson III, for as good as he was, missed time, missed the game. With the toe, Darquez Denard also missed snaps. It's one of those things where, at least for 18, um, the thought is, look, you need four corners uh, in this passing league. And while Adam Jones at 35 in September has probably lost a step, probably isn't as fast as he was, if he's going to be a, a sort of supporting corner, it's worth the sunk cost of, of, of spending a lot of money at that position. Um, I mean, that's what we're writing here in March or, or in February, excuse me. I think, again, as, as time goes on, James, it might be interesting to see how they view that $6 million uh, in terms of Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins extensions, sure. or does someone, is, is a player released in these next few weeks that they had no idea might be released? So you know what I mean? So I think that's something where it's a March 14th deadline uh, that they might wait till that point to, to really make a decision. But that's at least as of now, needing four corners, the fact that the group they have hasn't really been healthy uh, for the last few years, that's why we thought Adam Jones being around this team for 18 would be worth it. Jim, I, there are three players that, that kind of stand out to me outside of Adam Jones where either performance-based or because of their age and how much money they're making – where I could see them being kind of on the bubble, uh, so to speak. And those three guys would be Michael Johnson, it would be Cedric Abwehi, and then Brandon LaFell. And I know that they have different roles and different things like that, but do you think with those guys coming to mind, I know how loyal the Bengals are, do you think they stand by those guys are on the roster next season? I know it's hard to predict this early. but Yeah, I, honestly, of those three, James, I do think all of them will be back. I think Adam Jones is the one. That if there's, if you're looking at veterans who are currently on the team that may not be, and that's because it's a team option. There's really no, you know, it would just be really a free agent decision, right? At that mm-hmm. point. Um, I, way he will start there. I don't think he's being gifted anything in 2018 in terms of a starting job with a new, new old line coach. Um, but let's face it. Um, there aren't, there aren't any tackles. There are very few tackles in this league, uh, and he still has a year left on his rookie contract and a new O-line coach. I think they feel, let's see what Frank Pollock can do with Cedric Obwehi in 2018. At the very worst, you know he can at least play the, play the position and, and, yeah. and help you and be a body. Um, so I think he's – and then the other two guys, the veterans, uh, James – to, you're right. You mentioned the loyalty thing. I, they fit to me. The, the, that guy in the last year of their deals that the Bengals like to keep veteran guys who can still produce in spots who are who are good in the locker room. Um, you know, I, I think really it's up to the new offensive and defensive coaches to maybe reduce their snap totals. I mean, Michael Johnson yes had five sacks last year, but should he have really played sixty percent of? the defensive snaps while Jordan Willis played, you know, 30%. Mm-hmm. So I think there needs – what about all those receivers who didn't play at all? Um, so I think, I, I think if you can reverse some of those playtime figures, James, it, it, those, those two veterans, Michael Johnson and Brandon LaFell, probably have a little more value. Jim Osarski, you've been great with your time. Make sure you check out his work with the Enquirer and Cincinnati.com. Last question for you. I keep hearing about how Josh McDaniels – 
it, it has doomed himself and will never get another job offer in the NFL. I kind of think that's a little silly. What do you think about that whole situation? Uh, well, it's definitely not silly in the near future. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, if, if once the six or seven jobs open for 2019, uh, as there always seem to be, I don't think anyone's calling Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, a year after the fact. So, I mean, who knows? Three years down the line, four years, uh, you know, they go to another three, four Super Bowls and win another couple. Um, you know, you're right. I, you know, there's going to be new ownership, new GMs. You know, the, the life cycle of the league is pretty short. Um, and, and look, success matters. So, I, I, you know, you're right. I, I think down the line, now, he might be putting all his chips on, hey, Bill Belichick's going to retire soon, and then I'll kind of be the guy sure. uh, in New England. But I, I, at least for the short term, James, though, I do think he really hurt himself, um, not just with that decision to the Colts, but look, I, what assistant coaches are going to want to trust you and work for you uh, as well? What, what about a staff of, of guys who signed contracts, left jobs, um, and now to work for you with you and then you leave. And, and actually, James, I tend to believe some of the reports that say that Josh McDaniels didn't really call those guys. Um, I, you know, he may get another job. Some coach, some owner might call him next year, but who's going to work for him? Sure. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So I think near term, he's hurt himself. Down the line, you're right. You, you get to three more Super Bowls. Uh, you know, I think I think people would consider him again. That's Jim Osarski. Make sure you check out his work, Cincinnati.com. Here's a question for you. Because two things here, two points that I want to make before we close up shop for the weekend, and they're valid, and at least in my mind. Maybe I'm crazy, but in my mind, Josh McDaniels, let's say the next two years passes, Tom Brady retires, Bill Belichick wants to stay on, and Josh is like, what? I'm going to go elsewhere to become a head coach. And Marvin Lewis has this team in the playoffs. They're contending. They need a guy to get him over the hump. And Josh McDaniels is there. Even if they don't need him to get over the hump, but it, it, the, the Bengals' job is still attractive. You're telling me you wouldn't welcome Josh McDaniels? Come on. Now, would you have him sign the paper? Sure. You'd have him sign the paper to make sure to ensure that he's going to be here and that he would be the next coach. But get out of here with this, oh, he's never getting another job again. So, Jim, I understood where I was coming from. Jim, Josh McDaniels, if he wants to be a head coach, continues to have success, we'll overlook the rest of that. And the other thing is, I just don't understand this. Why in the world wouldn't the Bengals be in the market for a free agent tackle? I, I'm so serious. I, I don't, it, it, it doesn't, I don't comprehend it. Whether it's Chris Hubbard from the Steelers, Cameron Fleming, or Nate Solder from the Patriots, and I know Nate has some personal stuff in his family where his his child is sick and battling and, and he goes to the hospital up there in Boston. So that makes sense. We'll probably stay in New England. Like, we never know this. That's the one thing. We don't know about free agents, what's going on in their personal life that brings them to one place or another. But Jawan James is an offensive tackle from Miami, 26 years old, and he was one of the better right tackles pre-groin injury, according to a lot of different outlets. A lot of different people who cover the sport. And he was a really good pass protector. And I look at that and I say, well, you have the money now. If you're the Bengals, because of the bargain Andy's given you, to spend it on a tackle. And then, let's say you got a a guy like Jawan James. And you kept Andre Smith around. And then you drafted a center and a left tackle. 
just like that, your offensive line could be pretty damn good. Like, seriously. Because you have a mix of veterans who could do it, a mix of younger players that you, you enjoy, that you think have the potential and could maybe help you right away. And that's the type of balance, that's the type of mix I want. There's no doubt they need to improve the offensive line. Why not sign a couple and draft a couple? It, it, it just it makes all the sense in the world, especially when I'm seeing Kirk Cousins uh, getting poised to make what he's going to make, which I'm sure is going to be close to $30 million a year. If I'm Denver, I would draft a quarterback. I think Cleveland should be the only spot for him. Why would Minnesota waste all their cap money on, on Kirk Cousins? Why would Jacksonville do that? It's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is Andy Dalton. You paying Andy Dalton $30 million? I'm not. $16 million? I get it. 30 No way. So Cleveland, I get it. Your QB starved. That would make sense. Outside of that, $30 million? He, he really He's going to want more than Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be insane. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify as well. Also check out LockedOnBengals.com. We'll have our prospect spotlights. We'll have some different pieces. I'm working on one about a free agent to be potentially. He's, he's supposed to get released or be on the trade block that I want the Bengals to go get. And it's not alignment. We'll get to that at some point. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll discuss it next week. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Keep it locked on LockedOnBengals.com. And until Monday, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast.